Welcome to the 2022 Bahrain Grand Prix review. Let's get stuck straight in because what a fascinating Grand Prix we just had. It is the first Grand Prix of the new era of cars that are designed to follow more closely, for more overtaking, and just generally a bit nicer looking cars. Also, new engines up and down the field as well. So it was our first chance to see how everybody got on for the first race. The first real time we've seen these cars driven in anger. So how did everybody get on? We'll start with qualifying as usual. And out in Q1, we lost Latifi, Stroll, Ricardo, Hulkenberg, and Sonoda. So one Williams, two Astons, one McLaren, and an Alpha Tauri. Big surprises there, especially Ricardo. That's pretty bad for McLaren. Both Astons going out in Q1. They will not be happy about that for sure. But one thing that was a bit strange was Hulkenberg out-qualified Stroll. Hulkenberg, of course, replaced Vettel, who's down with COVID. He is the reserve driver for Aston Martin and had zero miles on the clock in this car and at the testing session. So he came in, out-qualified Stroll instantly. So fair play to him. It was also the first time in I don't know how long I really wanted somebody to say the stat and I couldn't find it. I don't know how long it's been since we've had no Haas or Alfa Romeo cars in the bottom five. All Haas cars and all Alfa Romeo cars at least made it to Q2. How long has it been since we've seen that? Have we ever seen that? That's amazing. In Q2, we did lose Joe, Albon, Norris, Schumacher and Arcon. So one Alfa Romeo, one Williams, that's both Williams is out now, one Haas car, one Alpine and the other McLaren. So both McLarens and both Williams out before Q3 starts. But that does mean we have a Haas in Q3. It's Kevin Magnussen. He's back. <laughs> Amazing stuff. We also saw Bottas extend his Q3 streak over 100 races. He's reached Q3 and everybody was like, oh, expect that to end he's at alfa romeo now no still carries on he's in q3 again off he goes the initial q3 runs gave the advantage to ferrari for pole position they were running one and two from verstappen that's not how it finished however leclerc did take pole position verstappen finished p2 and then sites p3 so we saw that the pace that ferrari have been delivering during the testing sessions has been and is very very real and we also saw that mercedes were definitely not lying when they said they are not up to that pace hamilton was down in fifth with russell in ninth bottas actually out qualified russell which oh boy that's a that was a talking point before the race got started hey eh? it was actually uh hamilton starting alongside bottas so it was hamilton in fifth and Bottas in sixth next to each other. That's uh, that's crazy considering you know what just happened and how Bottas has left that team now. We also saw Kevin Magnussen qualify in seventh on his return. What a man. He only got a few runs in the car during testing because obviously they had to swap out uh, their previous driver with Kevin Magnussen during testing while that was all happening. So he's still very fresh into the car and of course he hasn't raced in F1 for over a year now. So. Fair play to him for putting that car P7. Going into the race, a new rule change meant that all teams have free tyre choice for the race, regardless of where they qualify. That is new for this season. It used to be if you're in the top 10 or if you finished in the top 10, 
your Q2 tire that you did your fastest time on would automatically be your race tire and then anybody below P10 would be able to choose whatever tire they wanted. It is now a blanket rule that anybody, regardless where you qualify, can pick any tire. So going into the race, we saw everybody take the soft tire except the two McLarens who picked mediums. Spoiler, that didn't work out well for them and uh, the whole race was a bit terrible for McLaren, sadly. Off the line, everybody got away really well. There was no crashing or banging or anything like that. Perez did lose two places to Hamilton and Magnussen off the line, but it was pretty tidy. There was no change in the top three, so you still had Leclerc from Verstappen from Sainz. Bottas dropped way back down to 14th, though it just looked like you got a really bad start, to be honest. Joe dropped down to 19th as well, second last. So the Alphas, terrible, terrible start. And they were, you know, trying to recover that position for the entire race as well. Ocon and Schumacher did collide, sending Schumacher around. Ocon got a five-second penalty for that. But I think that was the only real, like, fisticuffs we got in the entire race. So fair play to all the drivers. They were keeping it clean. It was around that time that we learned that tyre degradation was going to be playing a much bigger factor than everybody had expected, like the Pirelli graphs and whatnot had shown a two-stop strategy, whereas it quickly became clear that a three-stop strategy was going to be necessary for, you know, the majority of the cars. And I think in the end, everybody took three stops. Hamilton started off the pit stops very early on lap 12. He came in, got rid of his soft tyres, put on some hard tyres, and he came back out in 12th position. That was quite early, but it did start the, the ball rolling on everybody's first stops. Verstappen and Sainz came in on lap 15, and they got another set of soft tyres, so they were already banking on their next stop being mediums or hards. Leclerc came in the very next lap, lap 16, to cover off Verstappen. Obviously, he didn't want Verstappen getting a powerful undercut and overtaking during the pit stop phase. Perez and Russell also came in on lap 16 as well. And coming out of that pit stop, we saw that the undercut was incredibly powerful. Verstappen went from about three seconds back to right on Leclerc's gearbox. And they had an amazing battle for the lead. Absolutely amazing battle for the lead. It took place over the course of... I think three or four laps where they were overtaking back and forth. First, uh, Verstappen would overtake and then Leclerc would take it back. It was amazing and it all ended with Verstappen locking a tyre going into turn one, which meant Leclerc got a bit of space and managed to drive off a little bit and break that DRS zone. But it was amazing and it's exactly what we want from these regulation changes of the close racing, the being able to follow the overtaking, ah, oh, is fantastic. And it wasn't just those two as well, it was up and down the field. I don't know how many total overtakes there were, I would be very happy to see that number, but it felt like there was a lot of overtakes in this race. There was a lot of close following, especially at the start. Usually you see the snake kind of dissolve very close to the start because cars try and like find clean air, they can't really follow very well, stuff like that. But that was in previous years. That snake from the start stayed consistent for a good while. And there was genuinely good laps of cars following each other for three, four, five laps. I remember battle between, I think it was Bottas and Sonoda, where Bottas just followed him around for about five laps right on his gearbox. And it was brilliant, brilliant to see. It's exactly what the regulations are designed to do. And I'm sure everybody at F1 right now is giving themselves a big pat on the back 
because it managed to do that. Back to our timeline and Alonso is the first to make his second stop on lap 26. He goes for the hard tyres and again that kind of starts people coming in for their second pit stop. Verstappen pits on lap 31 for mediums and at that stage it was kind of like is he going to go try and go to the end? I mean that's 20 plus laps he's got to do on these mediums. Can it be done? Not sure. But as we'll see in the future, didn't really matter. Leclerc, of course, pitted the very next lap and he did the same. He came onto the mediums and he ended up in front of Verstappen again. This time, there wasn't such a close battle, but it was still entertaining to see, you know? Behind them, Sainz and Perez both pitted on lap 34, with Perez going onto the softs and Sainz onto the mediums. So Perez guaranteed himself an extra stop because they absolutely wouldn't get the 20 plus laps to the end. But Sainz, you know, maybe he could have made it. But then we only had to wait 10 laps. On lap 44, we saw both Red Bulls come in and strap on new softs for a late push. It was about to go down to the wire. Leclerc stayed out. They thought, hey, he's free. He's now 20 seconds up the road. Is Verstappen going to be able to make 20 seconds in, you know, 13 laps? Probably not, right? But Sainz did come in to cover off both and to keep his third place. Shortly after this, we had our first safety car of the year as Gasly, his car just seemed to switch off and was on fire very dramatically. It was very strange. He kind of was just going along and then his dashboard turned off. All the electronics seemed to turn off and then the camera cuts to a wide angle and his car's just massively on fire. Uh, so not sure what happened there really, but uh, it looked really bad. Um, but it led to our first safety car of the year and of course, all eyeballs are on the regulations now. Nobody's taken any chances with these things. Everything's being done to these new rules that have been set under the safety car. So, of course, Leclerc not pitting before to cover off the Red Bulls. He now does because with the safety car out, that 20-second lead he had over Verstappen now gone completely. He's going to be right behind him on his gearbox. So he takes the advantage of having a quick pit stop to go in, get his tyres changed. So he has fresh tyres, Verstappen has fresh tyres, everybody has fresh tyres. Basically, everybody who didn't have fresh tyres already will now have fresh tyres, takes the advantage of getting their quick pit stops done. It's around this time that Verstappen starts having uh, radio communications with his team about a power steering issue that is kind of continuing. The team says they can't do anything about it and that he's just going to continue racing as is. They said it's not getting any worse. So it seemed like at the time it was just a power steering issue and he was just going to have to muscle through a few corners, which he was doing pretty well in anyway. So uh, it didn't seem like a big deal really. With the safety car procedure diligently followed, the safety car does end on lap 50 with seven laps of racing left. And boy, were these the most entertaining and... Uh, tension-filled seven laps of racing we've had since Abu Dhabi, of course. Sainz overtakes Verstappen on lap 54 with three laps to go of the race, but then shortly after, Verstappen has a mechanical issue and is out of the race. He said there's no battery, but Red Bull confirmed it's not a battery issue and that he just needed to come into the pits. Devastating, utterly devastating for Verstappen and Red Bull themselves, because, I mean, that was a fairly comfortable second place that, you know, just got washed away with three laps to go because of a mechanical issue. Not great. But the pain wasn't over there for Red Bull. 
Perez spins at the first corner of the last lap. His engine seized up and just spun him round. He was in third place at the time. So it promoted up to third place, obviously because of Verstappen's issue. But that's another podium place they've lost because of a mechanical issue on the last lap of the first race. Crazy stuff and absolutely gutting for Red Bull. It changes everything down the field, but it does not change things up the field. Leclerc wins after a dominant race. Science comes home P2 for our Ferrari 1-2. What a result for Ferrari. They are very real contenders this season by the looks. Coming in third, surprise third, Lewis Hamilton. Did not think Mercedes were going to be up there, but he is. He profits from Red Bull's pain. George Russell comes home in fourth. Kevin Magnussen in the Haas comes in fifth. What a result for him. What a result for Haas as well. What a recovery they've had. Amazing. Bottas comes home in sixth for Alfa Romeo. Again, what a result for these two teams. They've been floundering at the back for years now. And here they are, fifth and sixth in the first race in 2022. What a result for both of them. Amazing, amazing stuff. And it's exactly the kind of shakeup we wanted to see. Ocon comes home in 7th, Sonoda 8th, 9th for Alonso, and Joe Guan Yu comes home in 10th. Points on his debut, always great to see, and that means a double score for Alfa Romeo. I don't know when the last time that was happened, it's probably been a couple years. A double score for Alfa Romeo on the first race of 2022. What a result. And Kevin Magnussen's result as well. Amazing. Mick Schumacher actually came home in 11th. So they just missed out on a double score as well. Oh, man. This season is going to be a wild one. <laughs> Overall, it was pretty, pretty fun. It was very interesting. The overtakes were constant. The action was constant due to these new cars, which is exactly what we want to see as fans. And the grid was completely flipped. Well, not completely flipped, but Ferrari and our title contenders. Red Bull are up there if they can get on top of their, you know, mechanical issues. Mercedes have a bit of work to do, but below those guys, it seemed like a bit of a free-for-all, honestly. You've got Haas, you've got Alpha, you've got Alpine, you've got Alpha Tauri in there as well. It was a bit of a free-for-all, and who knows where those positions are going to land. It was so entertaining. Unfortunately, there were three clear bottom teams this race, though. And it was Aston Martin, McLaren, and Williams. Now, this is a real shame. Uh, we obviously expected these guys to be mixing a bit more, but it was very clear that this race, those three teams are very much at the back. They are the new back three teams, as it were. So they'll be very much looking forward to moving forward and putting that status to bed as quickly as possible. But ultimately, today is Ferrari's day, a brilliant one too. Sainz actually came on the radio and said, ah, it's a pretty bad race, pretty bad weekend. But if a bad weekend results in P2, I think oh, we can take that. <laughs> I thought that was brilliant. He considered this a bad weekend and he's P2. What a result for them. And it just highlights where they expect to be right now. And that's great. I'm so glad we've got this mix-up at the front of the grid. We've got a mix-up in the middle of the grid. We've got, we've got a mix-up at the back of the grid as well, but, uh, you know, probably not going to pay too much attention to that, sadly. 
Lots of soul searching for the Red Bull team as well, especially considering only three cars retired from this race. Two of them the Red Bulls and one of them the Alpha Tauri. All three cars were running Red Bull engines, this new Red Bull engine, and all appeared to be having engine related problems. So is that going to be an issue going forward? Is that an issue they can get on top of? That is going to be a huge question going forward. Now, I know it's just the first race of the season and it's easy to get carried away. But I think, based on what we saw today, we are in for a great season of racing. The overtakes worked, the DRS worked, the following worked, and it was just entertaining throughout the race. It was brilliant to watch. What did you guys think? Let me know in the comment section if you're on YouTube. Let me know over on social media. And I can't wait to bring you the next one.